1: Bosco's Boys. Come on, boys. We're here with Mr. Manbeck. Welcome back to the Bosco's Boys podcast. Before we talk to this gentleman who I don't really know what he's done to get a spot on the show, but we'll dive into that. We'll figure out uh, kind of where Cole Manbeck comes from. But before we do that, let's talk about Spotify Green Room. It's a free audio only social media platform. For sports fans, you can start an or join an ongoing conversation. You can watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, games. Um, it's great. We've been doing it every Wednesday at 7 p.m. We talk with other Cats fans about all sorts of things going on in fall camp, summer realignment. It's awesome. Um, so join us. Spotify Green Room. It's free to download. Um, follow Scott or Bosco's Boys on Twitter and tune in, and you can hop in the room. Wednesdays, 7 p.m., and let's get to the show, folks. Cole Manbeck, how's it going? I, I'm looking at your Twitter profile. It says you're a passionate K-State fan, Love sports. Is that true?
0: <laughs> that is uh, that's a pretty p- accurate biography of me. I, I think I also throw in that I'm a, uh, a proud dad of three kids, but, you know, that's just me trying to show the humanistic side. Um, so, yes, I, I yeah. love sports. You mentioned your kids how, you have twins, is that right? They're twin girls that are uh, nineteen months old, and a uh, four-year-old son named Brody and the uh, the twins are quite a handful, so yeah. they uh, they keep our lives pretty chaotic.
1: I cannot imagine I mean what so I have a four month four and a half month old, and I mean, it's obviously insane grind. the workload is nuts. I mean, what the fuck how do, how do you handle twins when you're well, feeding them at night? You both have to get up. Are you like, do you just have them have a bottle in each hand and they're in their boppies or something like how yeah, so, did that work out?
0: Yeah. So fortunately we're past that stage, but when, when that was going on, we, we always tried to rotate. So my wife, you know, we would bottle feed them. She would prepare bottles and then I would get up sometimes and feed them both uh, at the same time and kind of alternate schedules so I that t- someone could sleep extra. But we've always been very strict on like sleep schedules with our kids. So, you know, really from the start, we've gotten our kids to go to bed at like seven or eight o'clock at night. And our strategy is, you know, I want to be able to pour a, bre- a beverage at night so uh, and enjoy my evening. So we, yeah, we strategize and get the kids to bed early. I feel kind of bad about it. We get the girls from daycare now at 530
1: and they go to bed at seven on weeknights. So I don't really see my my girls, but, you know. That's fine. I mean, that's pretty much the same schedule we're at. And he's getting he's starting to go to bed earlier and earlier. So tonight we put him down at seven. He was usually like right at eight. But I'm loving it more time to me because shit, it's like 6am to 8pm every day. And then you Uh, kind finally have like a second to yourself. And it's hard not to just instantly drink alcohol.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's the approach I have. I will tell you, When we found out that we were having twins, which we don't have any history of twins in our family. We totally weren't expecting it. Uh, We always wanted just two kids. So we had our four-year-old and then we, uh, you know, had the twins obviously. But at the the sonogram, the sonography appointment was like 10, 11 weeks. I went with my wife. I wasn't even paying attention. I don't know whatever, whatever. (laughs) I don't know what the hell they're showing on the screen during those things. So all of a sudden I hear my wife go, oh my God, is that twins? And the sonographer said, it is congratulations and I'm like uh, congratulations oh my what? god seriously I, they they actually had to escort us out the back door of the doctor's office my wife was uh pretty emotional about it
1: I don't think <laughs> mind me sharing uh just a little <laughs> overwhelming to uh find out I would like oh my god I mean we talk about it all the time like what if we had twins like Jesus, what would we do? I do genuinely genuinely have a question. When they were like newborns and you woke up by yourself, like how do you feed both of them at one time? Is that a stupid question? Because it's fucking hard to feed one sometimes. No, so actually the way that I would
0: typically do it is I would feed one and then I'd feed the other. So I'm not skilled enough to do the double armed and everything, boppy. So I I would feed one, then I'd feed the other. And then we kept them on the same schedule. So Hadley, um, one of the girls- She, uh, she likes to party. She doesn't really want to go to bed. She doesn't want to sleep. And then the other one will be grabbing a blanket to go lay down at like six o'clock at night. She's ready to call it a night all the time. So, I mean, we shut them in the room together in their cribs. (laughs) We'll hear Brooklyn will be asleep for like an hour and a half while Hadley's like in there singing, you know, just talking. Uh, so I feel bad for, but you know, we keep them on the same schedule. That's the, uh, that's the approach that we've taken, uh, but, Yeah, I mean, it, it it can definitely be an overwhelming situation.
1: Now what Brody's what like 4 or 5? Yeah, Brody's 4. That. Yeah, he's my baseball
0: star. What's his uh,
1: exposure been to like attending K-State games in person?
0: So we took him to the uh a forgettable game in uh 2019 against Baylor. Uh I believe that was what was that the 34 to 12 or something? Yeah, K-State didn't do anything in that game. I, I think that was our second straight loss, so that was following the Oklahoma State game. We were feeling great about ourselves after the 3-0 and start and then uh, really just never felt a part of that Baylor game and fell to 3-2 and two on the year, and that is the only uh, football game we've taken him to so far. Obviously, last year I went to most of the games still, but I didn't take him, and, uh, and he's went to K-State basketball The only K-State basketball game I took him (laughs) to was the Texas game in 2019, Grant, uh, which Mm. we got routed in Bramlage. So that was a... uh, He he has not been exposed to good K-State athletics games so far, but this year we're planning to take him to several because he just loves sports. I mean, the Royals games I take him to, he is locked in. So
1: he's he's very excited about K-State. I mean, he's got... For the Cats, it's it's only up for him, I guess. But, you know, I was reminiscing about K-State today, late 90s, early 2000s, uh, going with my family and my dad. And I've got a child of my own now, and I want to take him to games. But I'm sad, you know, that he'll never experience that stretch of, like, pure dominance that we did. Does it make you a little bit sad, you know, that K-State football, the world – of KC football and kind of the future is lacking stability, uh, generally unknown while your son kind of he's approaching that age where football yeah. is at its most magical, but you don't know what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, no, I, I actually thought about it last week. Uh, the exact same thing. I, I felt very sad that my son and my kids are unlikely to have that same feeling on Saturday mornings or going into the weekends that I felt as a kid or the excitement of leaving our house to go to Manhattan or just, you know, the day of a game a 230 kick on abc you've got musburger on the call you turn on the radio for powercat game day you you listen to the pregame you just get geared up you know just the whole excitement of the game day experience i can remember every place i've been not only the games when i, I attended the games but i can remember where i watched each game at or listened on the radio i could tell you any game since i was 7 years old which was 1993 <laughs> I could tell you where I was at when that game was played and I could probably do it for every single game. You know, I, I mean, I have such fond memories of all the games that I went to with my parents and that excitement of K-State football and how dominating we were. And I, I mean, I took it for granted. I I don't, I think a lot of us probably did. I mean, at least in our age group because that's all we really grew up knowing was great K-State football. And uh, you know, 93 was when I really started going to games and the program was on the upsurge right then. And uh, yeah, I, so I love to go back and watch the games, you know, just like I can reminisce when I watch like 2000 Oklahoma, even though we lost just the excitement of what I was feeling going game. into that game. Yeah. That game sucked. That's a bad example, but I mean, just all of those games, uh, Yeah, <laughs> it, it sucks that, uh, that it's probably not going to be the same uh, and, and sport college sports in general.
1: I mean, I hate yeah. the direction that it's going. It's dog shit. It's funny you say that you took it for granted because I tweeted that today that, my dad always said like, you better cherish this. Do not take this for granted because this like stretch is never, it's not going to last. And uh, my childhood naive brain was like, no, I mean, Bill's here. It's going to be fine. As long as he's here, like why would it, why would we fall off? I, I don't get it. And fuck, we did in 2004, but um, are you planning to go to Dallas for the Stanford game? So uh, that was under strong
0: consideration. Uh I was I was leaning that way, but ultimately, with it being Labor Day weekend, I decided to hang back with the fam. Um, so I'm gonna stay back, but I think we're gonna go to multiple road games. Still, we'll, we'll go to KU, obviously. Shoot, that's that's more of a home game for me, living in Olathe. than uh, I'm any in game. I'm in
1: Lawrence now, so I'm definitely yeah. I'm just to gonna that. stay.
0: I'm just gonna stay at your place. I'm gonna you know have a few too many drinks after the win and All right. you know, just crash with you. I mean, I'll help you take care of your kid. So that's fine. I love um, that. you're more than welcome. If we can get some, if we can squeeze some work out of you. So yeah, the, the Stanford we're you know, I'll still be doing power game day this year. Uh, but we're not going to do that Stanford game on site. So I think John will be down there, but uh, as a group, we probably won't be uh, hopefully I'm not breaking any news there, but uh, we'll still have the show and uh, looking forward to it. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to stay back for that one. And I also, I missed the 2016 game. In, in Palo Alto. That was my first year doing Powercat Game Day, but I did it remotely. Uh, I didn't miss much with the game, but I,
1: it, it sounded like lovely weather out there. I, I kind of wish I would have went. Yeah, me too, but um, in hindsight, tr- there's something about traveling to games and losing that. Is Are you like, going? I am going to be going. My whole family is going down there. We're going to kind of convene. My sister lives there, so uh, I'm excited. It's going to be my 30th birthday, the Friday oh. before. So. It's gonna be I don't know. I'm gonna try right, to I, take it easy. because so, it's a morning game, but ugh, I'm a little worried about I,
0: it. You know, I think that I think that's hurt ticket sales some, obviously, with the eleven AM game. Um, you know, Stanford obviously not being as good as they thought. And then you know, they set the ticket prices too high, the Cowboys did, the group running the show, they they, they charged the prices too high initially. Now, grant the, the prices are all very affordable in the secondary market now. They're very so, affordable. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully a lot of K-State fans here in the last couple of weeks, you know, get the itch and uh, make their way down um, because, you know, we're talking about trying to find our way into, do uh, you know, the future of college football right now. And we talk about having <laughs> such great traveling fans. Uh, it would obviously not be great to uh, have a stadium of 20,000 people or less for that game. But I mean, I, I don't know how much, you know, fan based traveling really plays in the conference realignment, but would
1: certainly like to have a strong showing at least. I think we'll have a decent showing, but yeah, we're about two weeks away from kickoff the cat season. All the buzz continuing to kind of build around the fan base, the mood at a fall camp appears to be pretty confident. What's your mojo telling you right now about the 2021 season? Well, I mean, I'm certainly excited. I, I always,
0: I, I feel like once we get a couple weeks out, three weeks out, I start to feel really optimistic. Um, and then at some point reality will hit me a little bit. Um, but Right now, I feel like you know this team. I, I think offensively, the team can be pretty solid. Uh, you know, my biggest concerns is really on the defensive side of the football and a couple different spots and, and how they'll hold up against some of these high-powered Big Twelve offenses. Um, it, I, but I, I think the offense can certainly carry this group. And you know, I I think you know I'm not. I know we're going to talk about you know predictions later in the year. So I'm not going to say you know how many wins I think what the record's going to be yet. But I think they have a chance to be solid and I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, to some of the guys seeing them play, you know, seeing Deuce Vaughn in his second year, but really the offensive line is what I'm really looking forward to seeing now with all these guys back um, experienced Connor Riley in his third year in the program as the O-line coach kind of seeing, you know, that North Dakota state offense kind of take shape now that they've had a full offseason, spring football to, to really install the playbook in the third year have a veteran offensive line, uh, you know. Watch them open up some holes, some road graders, and uh, watch Joe Irvin and and Deuce Vaughn do their work. And then Daniel, a matter I'm Arbebe, I'm, uh, I'm very excited about at the tight end position.
1: So uh, there's a lot of things to look forward to. But like I said, I, I'm concerned about the defense. Yeah, I, I mean that's fair. I'm getting like 2019 vibes out of this out of the side. I just think the attitude, the aura, kind of overall mood of the program is just like. Good vibes, positivity, joy. Everybody seems to be happy. Everybody seems to be excited. And, you know, we were pretty solid in 2019. A couple couple plays away there from 10 wins. Could have gone the other way, of course. But now we've got a more experienced quarterback. We've got true weapons like Deuce Vaughn. I think Malik Knowles and Mater Bebe are going to be very nice weapons as well. So, I don't know, man. I think this could be a magical year. I think we could go out on top. But I mean, if – if you told me we'd get eight wins right now, I would take it. Uh I wouldn't, like 2019. I wouldn't. You wouldn't take eight wins. No. I, I say if this is our last fucking year in the Big Twelve and in a relevant conference, I'm not taking eight wins. I'm rolling the dice. Let's go. Oh. You know what I mean?
0: Well, I, I mean I see that. I, I don't think it's our last year. I mean I think the big I, I think things will stay together a little longer. Um, but I mean yeah, if it was our last year, I'd like to go out with more than eight wins. But I, yes. I do feel like I do feel like eight wins you know, shows that 2019 wasn't some fluke year for Chris Kleiman. My concern would be if you win four or five games. And last year, obviously, you could, you could kind of throw out the window. It was a COVID year, right? There was it's no genuinely spring.
1: meaningless to me. I, I don't, see, I don't look at it at all.
0: And I totally understand that. Other people will though, and they'll take that four win season, even though it was ten games, and they'll say the four and six. And then if K State went five and seven this year, they'd say back to back losing seasons was really 2019 Bill Snyder's players, right? We, I mean, that's the way we ain't we gonna work. have no. a losing
1: season. We're gonna uh, well, be good.
0: I, I yeah, I don't see that happening. W- what's the Vegas over under of wins? By the way, is it? What, I think it's five, like five, five and a, five and a half? half. Oh, see, I would jump all over that. I mean, I that seems jump. like easy money. If I didn't want to have to stash my money on that for you know and sit fourteen weeks to get my return on investment, right. but I would feel I would feel great about taking the over there. I don't like k State's gonna have a losing season, but this is a really critical year for Chris Kleiman. I mean, let's I face agree. it. Yeah, it is um, because there was. You know, I was critical about the way last season ended. It it, it stinks because you get off to that four four and oh starting Big Twelve play, and uh it felt good, and then things really went south down the stretch, um, especially those last couple games, the Baylor game.
1: You know, I obviously just, blowing. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's out the window, right? But I it's mean, just... it's just it's far more nuanced than we went four and six. You know, we were playing with a middle school quarterback, and like had our two lines everywhere we had people out of out of position just due to thin roster because of COVID. Like I've, I'm not at all worried about it. Um, I'm not. So, Hey, let's jump into these blitz questions. But before we do that, let's talk about Spotify green room. One of these days you're going to hop on there. Maybe. I mean, you said you put your kids down at seven o'clock. That's when we have our room. That's when it opens. So you really don't, you can jump in the back half. So wait, is this just, is this just, open to anybody i like it's open to alive. anybody it's we alive t- taylor bratt jumped in the other day uh fans in all the time oh
0: uh, he told me about that i'm in a group text with fan and uh he mentioned something it's basically how, just
1: a bosco's boys podcast with a large room of like other k-state fans and we just like go around the horn it's like around the horn the tv show ever heard of that well yeah so i'm gonna jump in on that then that sounds yeah. like a good time when's the it next is great. One? Fucking hell, you know, listen, Wednesdays, 7 p.m. (laughs) Central Standard Time. But, folks, yes, all you need to do, download, listen to this, Cole. I'm going to pitch you the ad. All you need to do is download Spotify Green Room. It's a free app in the App Store. Create a profile. You can link your Twitter. You join whatever group you want. You don't have to. Uh, Follow Scott on Twitter or follow Bosco's Boys, and it'll notify you when we start the room. You just click it. You join up and come chat. About the Cats, bring in your hot takes. That's it. Spotify Green Room, 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Now let's jump into these Blitz questions, and we're going to start off talking about the offense. It can't be Deuce. It can't be Skyler. Who's your offensive MVP? I mean,
0: it's really it's a pretty easy one for me. I mean, and it'll be obvious, but I would say Malik Knowles, and he has to be. I mean, he has to be the guy that, uh, that steps up to the wide receiver position. There's still question marks there, and K-State desperately needs Knowles to stay healthy and play the full season and all by all counts, it sounds like things are tracking that way that he had a strong offseason. that he's in better shape, his body's built, put together better. Uh, But he's got to be on the field every game. I mean, it it felt like last year and in the past that Malik Knowles would start out the game. And then you'd just be like, wait, he hasn't been on the field for three straight series. He's on the sideline dinged up again, every game. And, and, you know, so you got to hope that you can really count on him. He's your best weapon on the outside. Um, you know, the only other guys I would really even consider is I think Bebe at the tight end position could be dynamic. I mean, I'm really excited to see what he could do. I think he might even be an upgrade over Briley Moore if he stays healthy. Um, and then the other guy would be Joe Irvin, but, uh, I'm, I would stick with Lindley Knowles. And I think he's a must for this offense to hit the ceiling that it needs to.
1: I agree. I mean, you could, it's, I say with this kind of like tongue-in-cheek, but I think you could make a case for Malik Knowles being a candidate equally as an MVP, you know, with Skylar and Deuce, because he just raises our ceiling so much. Without Malik Knowles on the field, we have had absolutely no ability to stretch the field from the wide receiver position group, and I mean, there's just such a difference in how our offense functions with or without Malik Knowles. I would still put Skylar and Deuce ahead of him because of just, obviously, Skyler's quarterback. We saw what it's like when he goes down, but um easily i think it's got to be malik mulls let's go the other sorry go ahead
0: i was just going to say we've seen the flashes from him i mean we've we've seen glimpses of how good he can be heck the arkansas state game last year he makes the one-handed dynamic snag you know the texas game last year he was actually healthy the entire game what he did at the end of the year and i don't mean to diminish it he he had a tough year last year you know on a personal side too so you know hopefully you know he's in a better state now and uh you know I, i think he'll have a breakout season he can stay healthy i think you know, this could be a really big year for him.
1: Other side of the ball, who's your defensive MVP?
0: So I struggle with this one. I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, if there was a guy that I would, you know, peg, and it's basically basically just off, you know, the offseason pub that I've heard since day one from guys like Derek Young at K-State Online and others would be Julius Prince um, at the corner position. I mean, he's huge. He's got big-time length. I don't think they've had a guy at the corner position quite built like him um, in a long time. And if he's as good and dynamic as everybody says he is, I mean, he could be an NFL player after this year and he could enter the NFL draft. I don't know if that's going to happen, but you know, I think he could be that lockdown corner. I love echo Boydo and what he really brought to the table last year, but I just, I I'm worried about the defense. Like I said, there's not a ton of standout guys that, you know, are huge playmakers that we've seen play yet. Uh, So I, I mean, I'll say Julius Prince, but we haven't even seen him play. So that that's kind of where my concern lies um, is that there's not any standout pass rushers that we know about yet, and uh, there's potential, but there's more question marks.
1: Yeah, I mean, that is – the key words are we haven't seen these people play. Like, there's so many people on the defensive side of the ball that we haven't seen play. Like, the majority of our secondary we've either seen not play at all um, or – have very limited snaps like, you know, TJ Smith or fuck, you know what I'm talking about. But I, I think I feel pretty good about the defense generally. Um, I know we haven't seen these guys play, but you know, Julius Prince is hyped for a reason. He came from Iowa. Um, he's got the intangibles. I am not like worried about him. I feel like Russ yeast, he's got four years of college experience and he's taken a super senior year, I think. Um, so it's like, it's not like we're getting like you know chopped liver. I feel pretty good about it. I think if they're functional. I'm not that worried about it because I think our offense is going to be pretty good but no,
0: you yeah, you've got veteran guys, I mean Timmy Horn at the defensive tackle position you know was also a transfer that's a senior you know so between brents and, and you got Stubblefield and sincere mason you you've got veteran guys that are transferred in, yeah, uh, so that's certainly helpful and you got guys like echo that that played last year and played well um You know, if I was diving in, I, I would, I have tremendous concerns about the linebacker position, but that's really, you do. That's really, (laughs) that's really the main spot. So.
1: Yeah, but that's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's understandable. So let's uh, move on. Who's going to be your young breakout player on offense. And this is going to be somebody that is sophomore freshman eligibility, but they haven't quite, you know, made an impact yet.
0: This one's pretty easy for me too. I'm going to go with Joe Irvin. Uh, There's been a lot of buzz about him, you know, and his speed and how quick he's playing. And we've heard Chris Kleiman and Messingham talk about him um, a lot over the last couple of weeks. So I think Joe Irvin could be a nice dynamic one-two punch with Deuce Vaughn. And you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets near an equal amount of carries as Deuce because I think they might, you know, go more in the passing game to Deuce in space, and that Joe Irvin might actually potentially some games even get a couple extra carries over Deuce Vaughn um, just because I think they'll split out and I, I think Joe Urban could be effective in the passing game too so you know I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do after he opted out last year I was excited about him his freshman year I mean we only saw minimal snaps from him but there was a lot of buzz coming out of high school ball in South Carolina about him and uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do
1: yeah I am very excited about Joe Urban and I'm also I'm equally excited about Jakartier Wright the hype about him has kind of slowed down a little bit but um, I love what I'm hearing about Joe Irvin. I love the quote about him playing at 21 miles an hour. I don't know what that even could remotely mean. If he's saying that he's been clocked at running at 21 miles an hour with pads, or if he just says, that's just him saying I play fast, but it's like, why would he pick 21 miles an hour? If he's trying to say he plays fast, cause that's slow as shit like well wouldn't you want to be like i played 100 miles an hour you know what i mean it just seems like such a weird arbitrary number unless it's like been literally clocked that way i think it's been clocked i think that's, they, and, and that's but insane I, then it is insane because tyree
0: kill runs uh, i think i saw what a 21 9 21.9 yeah. miles per hour now i don't know if that's in pads or not pads i think 21 is probably still a little quicker than uh what joe urban probably is because i mean that's that's tremendous speed, especially in pads if he's doing that. But I believe they wear, uh, that they've worn timers. They, they have the, uh, underneath their uniforms, like the soccer players, you would know about this, have the, the what, trackers, how many steps they log or stuff. Yeah. I think the players have worn, um, have some sort of software that's tracking how fast they run in practice every now and then. Um, so he might have been given that number
1: from, yeah, maybe. from that. Well, so. I'm excited to see it. Um, who's going to be your uh, young breakout guy on defense? So I, I, I went back and forth on this a little
0: bit, actually. I, I really like the buzz that we're hearing about Nate Matlack, um, who's from Olathe, actually, right where I'm at. And, uh, you know, he's added a lot of strength and size um, and build to his body. I think he's got tremendous potential. But I'm going to go with – Sorry. <laughs> it's so distracting watching I know. You. I'm it's so, so much sorry. It's better when, uh, it's better when we don't have the video. No, uh, no. so, um, my wife won't leave me alone. Fuck out of here. Distracted. <laughs> That's why I went to the basement. So no one can see me. Um, <laughs> uh, I will say T Denson though, um, at the corner position. So I think T he, he played, he got some, some snaps near the end of last year, more so. I think he started the Texas game out of necessity uh but but I love T. Denson coming out of high school. Obviously that was a big recruiting win. K State really coveted him out of Atlanta. He's got the size and length they like at the corner position. And now with a full year of spring ball under his belt, full off season, get a little bigger, stronger. I really
1: think he could have uh, you know, a strong year this year coming into his second year. Yeah, that's a good shout. Um I like desperately want T Denson to be successful. Um, him and TJ Smith kind of fell in love with him. The second they came on, just yeah. they were great with the media. Great in those uh, videos that um, the social media team was putting out there. So would, I love that shout. Um, what's the pendulum well, your, who, game of the year? Well,
0: no, who's your guy? I want to know who's, who's my who's guy.
1: Your, yeah. Who's your pick? Uh, Morris Brown. Maybe um, he's yeah. getting a lot of love at nickel. Yeah. I think T Denson is a good shout. Um, and maybe on a DK, he's getting a I lot like, of love too. I love on a DK's potential. I mean, so that guy, that, any that's of those a grown three. man.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anadike's a grown man. I, I think he could be a really solid player. I thought you might go with TJ Smith, but.
1: Yeah, he, I mean, he definitely would fit that mold. He really only played one game last year that anyone yeah. remembers. So, um, And he's, you know, 100% healthy now. Um, I am a little weary about players coming back from long-term injuries that involve the knee. Um, it always worries me. They're never really the same. So at least in year one, it usually takes like a year to really get yourself back to speed. And it's hard to get your actual speed back. So I don't know. Just Justin Justin Hughes flashbacks to last year. (laughs) I'm having a lot of flashbacks (laughs) with a lot of different athletes in my sports career. Yeah. Uh, being a fan, but, um, all right, let's uh, go to the next question. Pendulum game of the year. That's the one game that if we win, it swings it positively. And if we lose, well, things start going bad.
0: Well, I mean, there's really only two options for me. It's a season opening game against Stanford, which I think is huge for this team because I think they need to have momentum right out of the gate and get off to a strong start, especially <laughs> after the way last year ended. Uh, the only other option to me would be the very first Big 12 game at Oklahoma State. because I And I, I often consider that kind of the pendulum game to set the tone in Big 12 play. And I value conference play, obviously. And then you've got Oklahoma and Iowa State right after it. So you know, it's really critical that you can potentially win at Oklahoma State. And I, I think that's a winnable game. But I'm going to ultimately go with Stanford because I just think it's so big and crucial for this football team to get off to a good start and build momentum and get off to that 3-0 start to start the year. And Nevada will be no slouch by any means. In fact, I think Nevada could be better than Stanford in terms of talent.
1: Not um, Nevada.
0: Nah, Nevada is, Nevada is legit, Grant. I, you know, I love watching late-night football. Yeah. So I'm up watching the Pac-12, the Mountain West, Carson Strong is an NFL quarterback. They they have tremendous weapons on the, the offensive side of the ball. They got 19 starters back. They're picked to win their mountain division in the Mountain West. Uh, you know, that, that that's going to be a tremendous test. But the Stanford game, I, I think it's so
1: critical this team get off to a 3-0 start because the way Big 12 play starts. Fuck Nevada. So, yeah, I'm so impressed by their beating New Mexico and, like, Wyoming. Oh, come on. And, they got time. talent. I don't give a shit about Nevada. I'm sure they got a good quarterback, but whatever. Like I get it. I know they're going to be tricky. I think tricky is the way to explain them. I'm not like fearing. I'm not afraid of Nevada. Everyone's won't shut up about Nevada. And it's like, you know, we have to play Stanford first. Like that game is so much more daunting to me opening in Arlington to Stanford. It's like, how about we just beat Stanford first? Then we can, we can worry about Nevada. That's my only gripe is people are always like, I'm actually more worried about Nevada. It's like, shut the fuck up. We have to play Stanford first, pal. All right. Mm,
0: so you're you're the coach speak one game I'm, at a time. I'm,
1: it's not even coach speak, but it's like how could you be like looking past Stanford at this point? I mean, we've lost five straight games and there's so many unknowns and it's just such a big game that it's like I just feel like people are just piggybacking off of what other people said about because one person was like Stanford's at, or Nevada's actually pretty good. So, dumbasses just continue to, like, run with that. That's just my – that's my uh, I mean – I'm really I'm, tired of hearing it. And I know that you've watched – I'm not saying that your opinion on Nevada is, should be, like, not taken seriously. I know they're going to be tricky. I'm just, like, I'm really tired of hearing about Nevada. All right, I got you. You know I what got I'm saying? You. No, I got you. So, I mean, but look – I to go I back it. to the pendulum game, you're right. It is Stanford and it's Oklahoma State. Those are the two I would pick. I just think Stanford is, like – it's so obvious. It's the opening game of the year. If we lose that, then, like – Who the fuck cares? Like I'm gonna be so devastated. Everyone's gonna be devastated. The team could bounce back. I mean, shit, we lost the opening game last year. We ran off four in a row, but that is different. Like it's it would feel different this year if we lost to Stanford, and then Oklahoma State. Obviously, you know, opening conference game, staring in the barrel, staring down the barrel of Oklahoma State and Iowa State. Next, you gotta win that.
0: Think, think of the excitement in Bill Snyder Family Stadium against Southern Illinois on
1: September 11th after yeah. you kick Stanford's ass, right? Yeah, they're, they're so doing like, the whole campaign, you, refill the bill. Like, yeah, like, I are mean, just like, going to be like, like, no one's going to care. But, but,
0: if you, but if you kick Stanford's ass, I mean, you yes, win the game even. It's it's yes. even a little different than your normal home opener. You've got excitement, buzz, but you don't know how the team's going to be. You beat Stanford right off the bat and then play your first game at home. Yeah, you know, there's more excitement, more buzz coming into that game, that second,
1: that home opener. Could not agree more. All right, what's K-State's record? And don't be a pussy about it. I'm not going to be. No, yeah, look, I looked at the schedule lie. before. Lie to me.
0: I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, <laughs> look, my, if, if I was being uh, you know, weak-minded here, I would say seven and five, go with something generic <laughs> like that, right? I think when I did the show with you guys a couple of years ago before the season, I, I picked eight or nine wins, actually. I, I did. I picked eight or nine. You guys, I think you agreed with me. I think Scott was a little hesitant on the, I think he thought seven wins. I'm going to pick eight. I'm going to say eight and four. All right. Okay. I don't know what's going to happen in the bowl game, but when I look at the schedule, I do as, as much as I talked about how I'm freaked out about Nevada, I think K-State's <laughs> going to go three and zero oh in the non-con. And then I think they're going to go five and three in big 12 play. I, I, you know, I feel confident about the back half of the big 12 schedule. I think there's a lot of wins there and I think they'll, they'll snag a win against one of the better teams in the league, at least one. Um, between TCU, Oklahoma State, you know Iowa State. I'm gonna, or maybe if I could pick
1: one, I'd take beating Iowa State. I would but, too. Uh, so I, I mean, I genuinely would too. Um, as much as it would be fun to beat Oklahoma three straight years, I would choose Iowa State because I, I mean, just, that is I cannot take I cannot I'm getting so sick and tired of them and like that's you know that's been our trope the last that's been this show's trope. And it's always been kind of our trope on Twitter to make fun of Iowa State, but like, truly, they are getting a little too big for their britches. I am tired of hearing about Iowa State. Um, listen, if they win ten games this year, they go back to Arlington. I'll shut up. I will accept it. I'm not bought in on Iowa State after 2020. Um, they really benefited from COVID, as funny as that sounds. But I, yeah, we got to get. We can't lose to them in Manhattan. Like when was the last uh, I, time we lost them in Manhattan? It was like what ninety four or something crazy. Oh, uh, like, we no, we, nah, we right. it 2004. was two thousand four. That's
0: what I meant. But the that's a long ass time ago. That that game didn't even matter. I mean, we weren't even. Uh, I think we were eliminated from bowls even at that point. It was the last game of the year, and we'd only had four wins. Yeah. so that was
1: just a bad year. But I mean, come on, sixteen years ago, is that right? No, 17? I mean. Nobody I thought uh, I can't take Iowa State coming in Manhattan and winning. I just yeah, can't I mean a take lot it. of
0: a lot of people thought Iowa State would you know win in Manhattan in 2019, and then K State won by two scores in that uh, miserably yeah. cold game as I sat in the press box in the heat. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, who plays in the Big 12 championship? Well, you're gonna hate it because uh, it's such an easy answer, uh, but I I have to take Oklahoma and Iowa State. Um, so it, it's a cop out, really, but. It is I, a
1: cop-out. It's a logical cop-out. Uh, I don't I thought, like it either. I think it's very I, boring.
0: I mean, I the, I don't trust TCU. They're getting a lot of hype, but I think the Gary Patterson train is kind of worn out. I, I gone off the tracks a little bit. I, I don't think, I, I don't buy into the TCU hype. I don't think Oklahoma State has enough, um, you know, after losing what they did. So, yeah, and I love K-State. Obviously, would love for them to be there. I don't, I'm not going to predict that. So I, I think I'll take <laughs> Iowa state. I'm not going to take Texas. I, I don't think Texas is anything special, especially with a first year coach. So I think
1: Texas is going to be dog shit, which That's I'll enjoy very, I'll yeah. enjoy that very much. Um, yeah, I think it's fine. It's fair to, to choose that. I think the cats are going to push for second hard and you know, TCU. I mean, I think that they're our best chance if it's going to be not K state or not. Iowa, if it's going to be not K-State to keep Iowa State out, it's going to be TCU. And I think Gary Patterson, is he washed or is he only as good as his quarterback? I think he's only as good as his quarterback. And if Max Duggan can kind of fulfill the hype that people seem to think that he is as a quarterback, then TCU will be fine. But he hasn't had a good, I mean, Gary hasn't had a good quarterback for quite some time and they've been shit since. So um, we'll see on TCU. I mean, they always have a nasty defense, so they'll be up there. And last question, who is K-State sharing a conference with in 2022?
0: I think they're still sharing it with the same teams. I think the, uh, the league will still be together, uh, the 10. Um, now, granted, I saw the, the news today that the Pac-12 talking about expansion announcements the next couple of weeks, but I, I don't think anything is going to shift that drastically over the next year. I think uh, K-State will be in the same conference
1: with the nine other teams next season. Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree, but it seems too short notice for, what about 2023? Maybe that's a better question. Well, I mean, yeah, I I could, I
0: I still think, I feel like the best option is probably for the eight to stick together and add teams from the American. It sucks because, you know, the TV dollars aren't going to be there, but I'd rather have that than have the Pac-12 come and take like two of the other big 12 teams, right? Like a Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. And then the league just kind of crumbles and then K-State's fighting to basically, you don't even have two of the the bigger brands. I'm not saying Tech's a huge brand, but you know, you you get what I'm saying. I I just don't want the whole thing, everyone going in different directions and K-State out there on an island. So I'd rather the eight stick together. Unless you could tell me that the Pac-12 was just going to add all eight. I'd love that. Or that if you could tell me good. that – if or because, if I mean, I'd love to be – I'd have no issue being in the Pac-12. I watch late-night football. That's when I, I drink. My kids are asleep. I watch the Pac-12. I'm always watching the Pac-12 after dark. I love it. They would have football all day, and the road trips would be phenomenal. I mean, we would fill – our fans would fill those stadiums, you know, going back to Boulder going to, you know, LA, California, to Eugene, Oregon, to Seattle, to, I've, you know, I've been to, I've been to Washington stadium on a non game day. It's gorgeous. Uh, it would be, it would be wonderful, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's probably, I think the next two, three years, I still think the, the big 12 will stay together as is, uh, but it, it's so unpredictable. Um, you know, it only takes one domino to fall and then the whole thing crumbles. So
1: uh, that's where I am putting, that's where I'd put my money. Is there's going to be one domino. Um, don't know who it's going to be though, but I agree with you. I'd take the Pac-12. I'd take any lifeline at this point. I don't care. Um, but that's all the questions I have for you. And that is the show. Cole, thank you for coming on. Powercat game day contributor. I don't know what else you're doing these days. <laughs> I mean, day I related. Related. I Other than I being not. a passionate fan. Um, I don't even,
0: yeah. I don't know why anybody has me on anything anymore. I've been out of the industry for nine years as a, uh, or 10 years now as a beat writer. I don't know why
1: you're having me on. I'm just a fan with three kids now. So, yeah. I don't know. Uh, either. I truly I mean, don't. Um, idiots. but Hey, tell, tell the people where to find you on Twitter. Cause you, at least you do have a pretty good Twitter when you get a little heated.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, my, I've been uh, pretty stable the last year. I haven't, I haven't tweeted out too much stuff. I know you, I know Grant loves my Twitter because I'm, you know, I can get pretty negative at certain points but uh if you have an appetite for that even though i've tried to get away from it a little it's uh it's cole underscore man such a uh, creative twitter name and uh, grant what are you on your hundred twitter account now Uh, i don't know uh, what
1: you mean (laughs) i don't know what you mean uh, you are the
0: best i will say that you are you are my best twitter follow uh i laugh at your tweets every single day at least once thank you that's uh, flat
1: that's flattering i'll try to keep them coming before i get banned again but uh (laughs) That's all I got for you, folks. Join us on Wednesdays, 7 p.m., Spotify Green New. Maybe next time Cole will be there with us. I'll jump in. Uh, Two weeks out. Cats, let's go. Let's beat Stanford. Meet me at the Cat Head.
0: It's time to get set for the Cat Attack. You can feel the excitement. You can feel it coming on. Feelings growing strong, you can join
1: in the action. This is where you wanna be with Kansas State. Come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State.
0: Our fine is with the cats. Kansas State! Come on, join the cats! Podcast Network.